We'll be following Willie Moore and Moore. Back in the NRL. There's Willie Mays. That's forgotten how big Willie actually is. Perhaps the presence of Willie and the Panthers looking at his imposing frame. I'm a 25 minute man. Oh, you got skills, son. Uppercut right hand by Big Willie. Two chances for that. Welcome to episode number 16 of the Take with Willie Mason. Hello, William. Mm, How are you, Bernard? I'm good, mate. And uh, welcome to everyone listening to us in our new hub of Turkey. Where's that? Oh, Turkey We've hit the charts in Turkey, Will. Paraguay, did you say? Paraguay, we've hit the – we're number 25 in Paraguay. So our South American tour is on – it's it's still in action? It's on. In a couple of years when we can leave the country? I don't want to throw stones at Spotify, but – Get your things fixed because I don't really think anyone's listening to us in Turkey, are they? I don't, I don't think anyone's listening to us. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe I've got some boys out in Bankstown that are Turkish. Well, do you know who is listening to there? us? Uh, Far Canal. You know how I called him Far Canal <laughs> last week? He actually messaged and said Did it's Did he do not, it again? It's Far Canal. Far canal, canal. Like a canal. canal. Like a canal. Wow, what a smart well, it's, freak. It's a, it's a play on Far yeah. Canal, but yeah, I said I Far it. Canal. I got it, man. I got hey, it. did you? I'm just... <laughs> Now, this week uh, has been interesting, not just mm. from a football perspective, but also there's been a bit of backlash, unnecessary backlash. The players post-game yeah. and have, pre-game. And pre-game, pre- have yeah. decided to, to, to show solidarity for the movement that's going on at the moment and to take a knee, uh, which is a pretty inoffensive thing, I would have thought. It's powerful. It's powerful what the boys are doing. You know, there's a lot of Indigenous and Polynesian brothers and a lot of the Aussie boys that are real close with everyone. It's a brotherhood what they're doing out there. And it's and it's tight, you know, and they stand up for each other. They love each other. They hang out with each other every day. They, You know, they, they go to war with each other every week, you know, and then they, they see what's going on in the world right now. And the whole world is reacting to what's happening. And I think it's a real powerful, um, it's a powerful statement what all the players are doing. And like I commend the boys one hundred percent. I think it's a, I think it's outstanding. It's um, it shows how powerful what's what's going on, you know, and what the players are feeling. You know what I mean? It's like for players to take a knee right now, shit, shit must be hurting. Do you know what I mean? Like play like the young indigenous boys, the Polynesian guys, like all these guys. It's like a, it's a melting pot of of cultures when you get into a rugby league fraternity or a rugby league team or anything like that you're dealing with a lot of a lot of different characters a lot of different cultures so for all the aussie boys and all the the white australians and every i don't like to to, sep, to segregate anyone but i mean for those guys to even the polynesian boys to even come up or the indigenous boys to come up to the senior players which are mostly all aussie guys and go look we want to take a knee the the funny thing go, is that it yes. does polarize anything you know like it, why would it polarize know. it's it's to me. I looked at it and I thought that is just a really nice thing for players of both sides to come together after, and as you say, going to war or whatever. But they're bashing each other for eighty minutes to be able to then let that go, and to do something that's bigger than the game itself. Sport and politics have been intertwined forever. You know, it's you look all the way back through American sports, Australian sports. There's always been politics in sport, and for them to do that again, is just something that I cannot believe people are And it's quite about. ignorant for, for people like to sit back and go, oh, that's, that's, that's not the right thing to do. Because as you said, like sports and politics have intertwined for years. You know what I mean? If you go back to like Muhammad Ali and, and everything like that, like all these, 
like fighters, athletes, everyone comes together, the politics about it, every, it all intertwines. Like, I mean, I think America really shows that Yeah. for, you know, the last 100 years has always been about that. And, um, you know, it's great to see us actually do that. You know, it's, it's, I was proud to be an NRL player. I was proud to be a Polynesian player. You know, it's, and play, pray to be an Aussie as well. So I don't understand where, where all this negativity comes from, man. It's and just that underbelly of fucking racism that sucks in this country. Proud to know? be a human. And the thing that I find the most weird is that, you know, you see people, um, and, you know, my feelings on Twitter, I think it's a cesspit, but seeing people saying they're going to hand their memberships back in. And fucking hand it in. Hand it in. Hand it in. We don't need your shit at no. the games. We don't want your negativity. We don't need your mindset at the games. I'm going to hand my membership in. Hand it in. Hand Fuck it off. In. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, don't ever watch the game again. This is a little minority, like a minority that just tr- seems to trump the majority all the time because it's a negativity. You know what I mean? Like, most of the people are, are, are down with it. They're like, yep, yeah, good on you, boys. It's, it's, it's awesome what you're doing. Nothing but positivity, but there's always these pieces of shit that come in. Like, fucking hand your man. I would, if I was a club, I'd be wanting, I would reach out to those guys and say, give me your membership. Because you you're been, not worthy of even supporting this club. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's just, that's how I feel. Like if you if you're that in this in this climate and what's happening in the world, the world, not just Australia, in the world at the moment, and you have those views, you're not a good human being. You know what I mean? You're a piece of shit, and we don't need you anyway. Sometimes I wish I could hand back my membership to this show. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't like negativity, man. It's too much shit going on in this world, and for the negativity to be around, guys taking your knee in solidarity and standing up for something, the brotherhood and people. It's bigger than the game. It's bigger than everyone else. And these, I don't know. And I don't understand why they keep giving them airtime as well. Just piss off. There are very few things in this world that I dislike. I can probably name them. You can name them. You're one of them. And (laughs) the main bugbear I have in sporting circles is player managers. I have had a lot to say in the past about what I think about player managers. I think they are a blight on the game. They're not just a blight on the game. They're a blight on almost humanity. I knew you were going to go there. But do you know what they are? Because they are just dirtbags. And I do not see any need, any player with half a brain and a lawyer would be able to negotiate their own contracts. All these people do. They're like leeches. They suck off the blood of people that don't know any better. And that is my issue with them. Isaac Moses, who Mm. um, is probably the most powerful manager in the game, has had his uh, accreditation taken away by the NRL. I hope that this leads now to a much uh, bigger look at what player managers do and how they operate because I think it stinks. You have had direct experience with player managers. Mm. I know that... You know, you're friends with a lot of them. Yeah. Do you think that there should be much more scrutiny on the way managers do things? Yeah, I can't speak. I mean, I'm not as passionate about hating people as much as you are, Ian. (laughs) But um, (laughs) God bless you. But uh, I've been blessed enough to have some really good playing managers, but they were good to me. You know, I don't know what they've done to other play other players or anything like that. So I can only treat people how they've treated me. Like Greg Keane and Sammy Sammy, um, Ayub, they were great to me. They did the best deals. They did everything they can to um, to look after me in my life. But in saying that, like a lot of a lot of these um, 
in the last sort of 10 or 15 years have been really poaching players and a lot of players and not really giving them that much advice. All they care about is that one um, a one deal every year or every every two years, every three years, and they'll, then they'll come around and, and do their deal for you. And the players have been happy to do that because they get them that big deal and then they just lay back in the cut. You know, and I think it's been frustrating and I think the the NRL and the players have pretty much had enough because I think you're going to see a whole big, big movement in the next sort of maybe five to 10 years. These old school managers will probably be out and guys like Braithen Asta and a few other guys that I know are starting their own sort of management company and they've got a different view on it because they were they were players as well during this in the last 20 years where the game's been really successful and it's more than just the uh doing that one deal you know what i mean it's more than that it's it's you it's, you got to pretty much be a babysitter for these guys you got to mentor them it's got to be a whole inclusive sort of deal like you can't just come in and go all right hey and when are you off contract in 3 years all right i'll see you in 3 years done the thing that i think really solidified my thoughts on the whole thing. And I, and I had, you know, I was, I had some issues with player managers. I was, I was a junior footballer. I came through and, and the yep. shit they tell young kids, you know, yeah. it's lucky that I didn't listen to it at the mm. time, but a lot of my friends did. But when the NRL brought in a rule whereby player managers were forced to ring their clients yeah, that's disgusting. twice a year. Now, the fact that the NRL brought in a rule that meant that people – how what were they doing before that? Yeah. And Not that, ringing at all. Yeah, when you said that, I was even stunned at that because, like, just say with GK and, and myself, we, we'd always hang out. Like, we'd like phone calls, like, twice a year. Yeah, that but was, you were a big dog, Will. Yeah, but I'm and that's, talking that's, about – See, I'm only thinking of, like, just say when I was playing. Now I can actually see how these how the, how the younger guys are treated. And, and I've seen that firsthand about – like even being a, 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 an elite player at that time in in my manager's stable, but the way that they treated other players, I could sort of see that, and I'm like, wow, that's not cool. You know what I mean? If, if I was that young kid, I'd be like, wow, I didn't. They're moving other players here and there. They've got the rela- relationships with the coaches, general managers, CEOs, and they're trying to move players here to get this other player there. Like so, they're sacrificing some of their own for sure. They do that. This yeah. is what happens. It's Look fucked up. And I've seen it. Like they'll sacrifice a lot of their players to go this way to get that main player there just for that million-dollar contract. And I know that shit happens because I've seen it firsthand. And I know I know what managers are like. I've seen a lot of the, a lot of the managers in the last 20 years. And as I said, I'm good. I'm friends with Sam Ayub and Greg Keenum. That's it. There's a lot of player managers out there. And if you're a 16-year-old kid and some bloke in a you know, flash sports car turns up yeah. with slick back hair and turns up and starts telling you about, you know, it gets you a, a free pair of boots and, and tells you – and yeah. they sign three million kids on the off chance that, and yeah. they make that kid feel special till they've signed the contract yeah. and then they disappear. It's disgusting what they do. And, and, and the thing is I can see back now – I'm a 40-year-old I'm a man now, ex-player, and I can see what happens. I see what happened when I was playing. I'm like, ugh. I sort of turned a blind, blind eye to it because I, I was good. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I was, like good as in like I was a good player and I was good financially and everything like that and I was I was taken care of by my manager. But I never really put my foot put you know the foot on the other shoe. You know what I mean? Like I was just like, okay, well, I don't really I don't know really I don't really know what that's like. But I can see what it was like and I know it's not good because the game has turned to shit and I think the players, I mean, the player managers need to take a massive responsibility for what's happening and what's happening with these kids and their behaviour and everything. The NRL needs to and these player managers because I think what happens 
is that they sign these big deals. They don't get their education with their money. They don't get taught the right things, how to act. It needs to be, as I said, an all-inclusive sort of deal. It's like, all right, well, I'm just going to sign your contract. We're going to do your tax. We're going to do it. They, they promise all this. They go, oh, we'll get you an, oh, we'll get you, but we'll get you an accountant, which fucking costs more. Do you know what I mean? It's just like this should be all in your fucking management. Yeah. So like, you should be able to do my taxes and do do everything. Look after me, manage me. Like it's it's the whole thing you're paying these guys. Just say if you're on a million dollars, like fifty grand a year. And there should be to a do cap what? rate on how many kids they can sign. There like should you, be if you if you're a player manager, you should have a maximum of twenty players because you can't look after more than yeah. twenty players' interests. But it's, you know, it's it's deeper. So you either than, you yeah. either try and get a, a big a big dog and run off the back of mm. that. Or you sign twenty young kids and you look after them and you yeah. like it's what they do with the there's players. There's no money in it, but it's what words. it's what they do with the players, Bernard. It's like you need, regardless if you're a, a big superstar or not. Just say if you're middle of the park, you need to mentor these kids. You need to teach them life skills because sometimes you got these kids and you're promising their parents, "Oh, look after him for the rest of his career." He's a sixteen-year-old kid. He mightn't turn out to be a superstar, and then you wash him out. Especially you the don't young even Polynesian care. Kids. And lo- exactly, and this is where the young Polynesian kids get taken away a lot because they get locked up with these management deals that go for six or seven years. That's right. And that's where they time in, which sucks, and I hate that. So, the parents need to be smarter. Um, the players need to be smarter, but I think what happens with managements now, management now, they need to be, they need to come with a lot more than just going, I'm going to just do your deal every three years. It just needs to be a lot more, a lot more personal. You need to be there 24 hours for these kids. Like you need to get them like, it's not, doesn't have the responsibility for the club to do everything. Like the, the manager should be doing it way more because I remember like playing with, with guys. They're like, Oh, I haven't seen my manager for like six months. What the fuck does he do for you? Oh, he's giving me a pair of boots. A pair of boots? Yeah, that's right. I can get you a pair of boots. You know what I mean? The kids, these ki- and the kids these days, they need more attention and they want more attention. But these player managers now, they, they're going to learn the hard way, some of these old school managers, because a lot of players will just leave them. A lot of parents are going to be our age going, you're a piece of shit. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. they're going to be a lot more put onto the game as to speak. You know, they're going to go, okay, man, if my, if my kid go, grows up, like he's going to be, I'll be very, if you wanted to play rugby league or any sport, be very wary of managers. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Why couldn't I manage you? I know that. I know what's going on. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's going to be a lot, a lot deeper. And obviously it's Moses guys. He's fucked up big time. Obviously this is, this is the whole, this is how bad this is in the last, what, 30 years. I think there's been player managers. I don't think there's been that many accreditations being revoked. And this guy has been revoked. So that's saying something and what he's done. So hopefully it's a move in the right direction. And if you are a player manager out there, you need to really look after your players because people aren't dumb anymore. And if you are a player, trust in yourself, trust in your family setup, and don't always believe that player managers have got your best interest at heart because I can almost guarantee they don't. (laughs) A genuine hatred there. You know how they reckon a week is a long time in football? Yeah. It's a long time in betting too. <laughs> is it really? Because we were truly awful mm, on the All weekend. of us, weren't we? All the, of us. The producer was done by Thursday, wasn't he? Yeah, but he's – I mean, let's not judge <laughs> But he's, been, he's been pretty good the last couple of weeks, so he's – I think, well, I think it, was, it was about time we slipped a little bit. He's none from two last two weeks, to be fair. Really? I won last week. I won big last week. So we were, all, yeah, we were awful. Sorry. Can I just tell you on my one? 
uh, I lost on Friday night, and then my horse got scratched. <laughs> really? So, yeah, so well, I was good. I uh, what back the bull, uh, back the roosters one to twelve was it one to twelve? With they Adam won by six hundred. Try. Wow. Let's ring Jared and find out. Uh, well, I, you know what? He's going to be nasty to us. Yeah. I feel. No, he's always positive. Profit, Jared. Profit. Yeah, he's, he's, pro- he's positive. Let's ring him and see how positive right. he is about this week's tips. Here we go. Hello. Jared. G'day, guys. How Hello. are you? Good, mate. How are you? I'm very well. Travelling very well, thank you. Travelling better than our tips <laughs> or our bets from last week, Jared, <laughs> yeah. which were yeah. woeful. few duck eggs last week, oh. no good at all. Terrible, mate. How'd you go? Um, in terms of NRL tipping, I'm getting uh, like – just progressively a little bit better each week. Okay. You got, um, you got three this week, did you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's fair. I mean, I couldn't go a whole lot worse than what I was doing early. So, um, yeah, yeah, look, travelling all right. Mate, you are relentlessly positive with our tipping every week. I would yeah. like to ask you a question now where you can't be. Who on last week was the worst bet? So the producer Who- got knocked out Thursday night. I got yep. knocked out Friday night. We had to wait, thanks to Aidan Tolman's corona scare, until Monday night for Williams' uh, mm. bet. Which I think I think we're heading towards that. Are you set, oh. are you setting Jared up for me? Me, me <laughs> I out might of the park? Be. I might be. <laughs> I'm, Look, I'll actually um, put my hand up and just say that was a pathetic bet. It would have been. It better. was dumb. I mean, I knew the Roosters were red hot, and I'm like, one. Oh, that was probably the Bulldog in me thinking that the Bulldogs would have gone. All right, it's a it's a rivalry game. At least we'll, we'll put up a fight. We'll probably get beat. Maybe jag a couple of um, late tries, and you know, Adam Elliott's been playing. He's probably been their best player, and I thought he de- might have deserved the try. But football gods slapped me in the face. Tedesco pretty much beat, beat him by himself. They were unstoppable, yeah. man. Wow. Yeah. Were you with the Roosters longer than you were the Dogs? Will. No, I was at the Dogs for uh, nearly 10 years. I ate the Roosters for two, but still got some oh, really, good, right, really okay. good friends at, at both clubs. I mean, yeah, i got probably more fair. friends at the at the Chooks at the moment than I don't really know any of the Bulldogs players, to be honest. Oh, look yeah. at you jumping off them straight away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew him last week, not this week. <laughs> Do you know what would have made it worse if I'd let you have Dylan Napper as first try? Oh, score. mate, he nearly scored in the first <laughs> ten minutes too. I was, oh, no. I was about to be on the blower. So, are we agreed, Jared, that Will Wills was the worst last week? Yeah. Yeah. yeah look, it wasn't great. Um, I don't know a whole lot about the AFL, so we'll see clear of the producers' picks. Uh, I don't think he went particularly close, though. No, um, he was way off. I think. Thank no, you, no. Jared. Thank you oh, for taking the pick, Will. <laughs> yeah. Thank yeah. you for finally admitting that the producer has no idea what he's talking about. That's, <laughs> that's the nicest thing you've done, other than give us lots of money for our chosen club. I will start. Uh, I'm going to go with a four leg multi again <laughs> because no, I am. Uh, what I'd like to do, I'd like to take the first three league games. Yep. I'm going to take the Knights into Souths, into the Melbourne Storm, and then Southern Lad on Saturday at Randwick. I think he's due, and talk me out of it, Jared. Um, Well, I don't know if I'm going to need to. I mean, I know you've just told me that I'm positive about anything, but I'm going to be – about everything, I beg your pardon, but I'm going to be positive about this as well, Ian. Look – Let's step it out leg by leg like we have been. He's always been a pretty good horse, Southern Lad, but I think he might have returned to the track just a little bit better 
this campaign. Uh, it probably doesn't instill a whole lot of confidence when I say he hasn't won in his three starts back, but he also hasn't missed a place. And he ran a horse called Classic Legend to half a length a couple of weeks ago. That horse is considered amongst the best sprinters in our country. Uh, I actually priced him around $2.40, $2.50 this afternoon. So the $3.10 that he's putting into this multi is outstanding value. Uh, otherwise, look, the Knights are $1.42 favourites. The Rabbits are $1.39. The Storm are $1.50. $8.88 combined. Ian, I actually think this is one of your better-looking bets so far. See, relentlessly mm. positive, Jared. I love it. I love it. <laughs> and next week when I'm uh, toasting my success, I will say thank you, Jared, okay, for all of okay. your support. All right. <laughs> all right. See how you feel about this. Um, I think the Parramatta and the Roosters game will be the, the game of the round, to be honest. And yep. I'm, I think Parramatta has the team to actually beat the Roosters. I mean, I'm not, I'm not thinking like I was last week. Like yeah. the, the Bulldogs, that was just with my uh, with my heart and thinking with my brain this week. Um, I think they'll get them one to twelve into. Yeah. I'm going to go any time try scorer, and I just think I think Kyle Flanagan will get a try because he's been Kyle back. Flanagan, yeah, Kyle Flanagan. He's been uh, he's been he's been playing some really good football. He got I think he got one or two tries on Monday night, but he's just backing up through the middle really well with Tedesco. And a lot of line breaks have been happening with the Roosters. I think it'll be a it'll be a great defensive game, high scoring game. A little maybe I think about probably twenty eight twenty two or something like that. Yeah, but I think um, Para might get him at the end. But I think Flanagan will get a try, probably an early try, because Tedesco has been carving up through the middle. Jake Friend's been outstanding. Victor Radley, all those guys. So he's been doing what a good halfback does, backing up. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, so obviously Flanagan, not first try score. You can pretty much write your own ticket for that. You're talking yeah. any time try score. Yeah. Well, he's five dollars yeah. to cross yeah. at any time. Yeah. I, I agree. He's just playing. He's playing some incredible football at the moment. Maybe the best thing ever for him going to uh, the Roosters. Yeah. Do you think? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's just he's sort of come out of the shadows at at Cronulla. Everyone knew that he was a big. Um, he was a massive prospect coming out of coming out of Cronulla, and they got him in front of Townsend and all those sort of guys. He's come to the Roosters. He's in a great system there. Uh, but yeah. he's really he's really um, putting his best foot forward. He's got Kiri there, but he's not just sitting back and watching Kiri dominate and friend. He's he's taking charge, which is good. So, Jared, can I ask you a question? Yes. What in the premiership market are the Roosters' favourites? Ah, uh, they are, yes. Four, okay, so that's what's good about this game this weekend, actually. The Roosters are $4 premiership favourites. The wow. Eels are $4.50 second favourites. So, Can you explain to me then why my big-headed mate is constantly every week backing against the rating red-hot <laughs> premiership yeah. favourites? Is there... I- yeah, look, I personally don't understand. I don't know. I just <laughs> think... Thank you, Jared. I just, I honestly think that the Roosters will probably win the comp again, but like they, they're going to have their hiccups along the way. They're not going to beat everyone. No. Definitely. They've, they've, they've started off the year on fire, and I just think it's time for a loss. Three in a row is all right. Mm. Well, I suppose if anyone's going to give it to them, it's probably the uh, the undefeated competition. And I just leaders, think in the mind, it? yeah, I think in the mindset of Parramatta, everyone's sort of going, yeah, they're not good front runners. They'll choke in the end. They'll come against the Roosters. All these little naysayers, and I think they've got a, pro- a point to prove this week. And they'll do it. I know there's no better there's no better um, team to prove it against. Two time premiership winning team, pretty much yeah. the best team in the world at the moment. All that kind of stuff. And Parramatta, they're going to have some forwards there, and they've got some good good halfbacks. So they'll be proving their point. They'll be out there to prove a point. So what do we what do we get on that? A million okay, dollars because well, we'll yeah. <laughs> well Flanagan himself anytime try scorer is five dollars. So 
good bit of value there. And then, sorry, what did you say? Power one to twelve. Yeah, one to twelve. Man, three ninety. Yeah, three ninety. So combined, just a little over ten dollars for the two. So very nice. Yeah, it would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to get one. I've got to get one. All right. Now, here's yeah. my least favourite part of the week when I have to listen to the producer's dribble. It's probably AFL-based again, is it? Well, it actually isn't. Like like we said just before, he didn't go close on his three legs last week, so he's taking Table his tennis to uh, the Melbourne races. <laughs> right. So he's what he's done then is he's asked someone who knows what they're talking about. That's what that yeah. comes down to. <laughs> What's he come up with? Well, he's having to win every time we're at the races, so for the sake of the club, it's probably uh, not a bad thing. He's landed on Flemington Race 5, number 14. The horse is called Remastered. Um, I actually did the form for Flemington this afternoon myself, and I personally thought this was one of the more difficult races to analyse, so I hope he's on the money for us here. Um, this horse remastered. He's second up on Saturday. He's had two starts at this point of his preparation previously for a win and a second, so that looks pretty good. Uh, it's trained by a bloke named Tony Noonan. It's going to be ridden by his son, Jake. Sometimes there's something to be said for uh, those little family connections like that. He is paying $10. The producer wants to take 25 each way. Well, oh, well, each, way. each way. Price? The, the Ian Byrne way or what? <laughs> Are you is serious? he going the Ian Byrne way? He's backed it each way. Hey? Yeah. He put shit on me nonstop. <laughs> Come on, have some balls, producer. <laughs> oh, anyway, all right. Well, Jared, let's hope that uh, two of those three get up. He's probably putting a thousand on him by himself and just going twenty five each way with us, <laughs> mate. He's still got his lunch money. He won't be putting a thousand on himself. <laughs> all right, Jared. Thank you. Uh, you have been, as always, very positive, and I like positivity because we need it. We need the it. The world needs it. The world does need positivity. <laughs> you're, you're making it's the world a better place, world Jared. At the moment. It's uh, it's what we need to get a few of these bets home for our club. Yeah, hundred. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, mate, and I hope Anastasia lets you out to play soon. Yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, I hope that that is the case as well. All right. Thanks, guys. All have right, a mate. good weekend. I'll speak to you next week. See Thanks, you, mate. Jared. See ya. All right. Cheers. Um, we don't have to tell everybody at home. You need to tell them. We do need to tell them. Mm. Gamble responsibly. And thanks again to Ned for all the support. It's thanks, been guys. terrific. Speaking of freaks, Latrell Mitchell is yeah. back as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. He has worn a lot for the last few weeks, but he was pretty good against it. I mean, it's the Titans, I get that, but he's playing against the Warriors this week, and the yeah. Warriors aren't much better. And I think it's his I think it's his effort. It's not his talent. In the first uh two rounds, it was he wasn't he wasn't uh, he wasn't doing the effort effort things, you know, all the little things that he should have been doing. And that was a fitness thing, and it's a new position and Players who know the game knew that it was going to take him like five or six games to get going. Do you know what I mean? It's just, um, it's just something that you can't just swap from being one of the, the best left-side centres in the game to playing fullback. It's not that easy. He has to get announced for the game, and he's got it now. He's just, just his little touches and what he's doing through the middle and on the edges is different because it's different. He's not that sort of Tedesco player or a, a Tulvasashek where you're going to run over 200-plus metres. I think he ran like I think he ran fifty meters gain, which he's going to have to pick up, and he will. But his touches like three try assists, try all this kind of stuff. But his effort off the ball when they were kicking into the in goal, he was first on it. He was getting the ball in the in goal, getting it out like those efforts, and they and you can see what sort of team they are when he's firing. Mm. And I think people need to realize how important Cody Walker is to that team. He come back and he just changed the whole game. And putting Cameron Murray at lock, you know what I mean. Now he's back in the back in the fold. He hasn't have to sit on an edge. Who made wait. that? Who made that decision? I'm not sure. I think assistant coach Wayne was sick. <laughs> Wayne was sick. 
Um, so putting Cameron Murray in there, so he's he's ball he's ball playing. And what happens what happens with teams now? Like all the good teams you can see, they're pretty much copying off the Roosters blueprint. Victor Radley is a, a dude who can play both sides of the ruck, hits like a truck, great ball player, and he takes pressure off the halfback or the five eight on each side of the ruck. So He's changed the whole game. He's playing, like, and Jake Trebojevic is doing that, and Cameron Murray was doing that last week. I mean, last year, he gets put on an edge. Oh my god, you have to, you have to like as an edge back role, you have to stay in your lane. You can't come into the middle and do what you want. You can't, you can't defend on the right edge. You can't do anything. You, like now, he can defend anywhere he wants and fit into all these gaps. And and if you know the game, you know the trend of the game at the moment is having is having those locks a little bit smaller because I think everybody has been trying to follow the the lock like Sonny Bill. He's six foot four or five, 110 kilos, and can play both sides. He's an anomaly. Tao Malolo, 10 years later, six foot three, 120 something kilos, foot, footwork like fucking Benji Marshall, plays 80 minutes and can pass as well. So everyone was chasing these two sort of guys. Like, hang on, let's just play to our cattle. Let's just, let's just play to what we've got. Now, we've got, we've got Jake Chaboy. He's not big enough to be a prop, but he can play prop, but he plays lock. You know what I mean? He can ball play. He's got skills like a halfback. You know, like it's, it's sort of going back to the old days where, you know, the Scotty Hill and Sean Timmons. Remember those molds in the early 2000s where, or even a Brad Fittler, he was sort of that first guy with a ball of playing. These, none of these players play for South or Warriors, William. I'm just saying how the game has evolved. Who, Fuck who? South, and the, South and the Warriors. I'm just talking <laughs> footy. So that's 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 the way the game is going. Like, and that's where people need to understand. So if you've got a big lock forward who just who can't pass the ball, who can't play 80 minutes, he's either a be- he should be a bench player or he should be or, or front row. Do you know what I mean? So the game the game has really evolved, and that's where a lot of people will understand what I'm talking about at the moment. Because have a look at St George McInnes goes back to lock when Ben Hunt comes on, changed the whole fucking game. Because he's a smaller body. You don't have that big cumbersome player like James Graham, who's pretty much a third string prop. You know what I mean? Like third, like he's got you got Vaughn, you got the other blow, and then you got James Graham at lock. Same sort of players. You know, James Graham was a really good ball player, but he's lacking that dynamic ability like your Cameron Murray's and your Victor Radley. So that's the way the game's going. So you watch the trends slowly start to evolve and go, okay, we need a ball-playing lock like it was like a Scott Hill, Brad Fittler, Sean Timmons. It's going back to that way because you cannot find a Tal Malolo anywhere. Anyway, South. Okay. That was <laughs> that was good. I reached in the, for the pyjamas halfway through that. The Panthers are playing the Storm. I think that the Storm – were good last week. I just think the Panthers are not far off being a great side. Yeah, I think um, Melbourne really should. I think it was the Cameron Smith show, wasn't it? Yeah. He just come out and Let's just, just quickly talk everyone, about man. that. What With this, there's been, again, talk in the press this week about our Cameron Smith. Newcastle were dead set five metres offside. Mm. Just because Cameron Smith pointed out they were dead set offside, he's getting hammered. No. What, why do we hate Cameron Smith? Because he's good and unbelievable he's and like an immortal and he's like, he's fucking ruined New South Wales like 10 times. Mm. He's a winner and we just don't like him because, he, and he's a Queenslander. It's all that kind of stuff. And they're just jealous. Big pop, tall poppy syndrome, all that sort of shit that are like, that Australia's like anyway, like how great you are, we're just going to beat you down. So I feel sorry for him. But I don't think, me knowing Cam, he doesn't give a fuck about what Sydney media say. 
Like, he's, reckon- he's, he's like a pocket ref. Yeah, that was clearly offside like a couple of times. It took him it took him a while to, to, to get to where Cam was. Like he pointed out like three times before that, they're offside. He was pretty much standing nearly in line with the play. He was, yeah. And like good on Kim. I'd do exactly the same thing as well. They're offside. There's like two or, th- two or three metres blatantly offside, not just one step. It was ridiculously offside. And that's where this whole one ref will cop a lot of shit. I think they're doing a great job. Keep it like it is. But police are 10. Linesmen, police are 10. It's up, the, it's up to the linesmen. You know, they've got these fucking all these microphones and shit like that. They can go straight to the, straight to the head ref, penalise them. That'll be a good game, actually. So get the badge. The badge has been sitting on the on the sidelines. He's got a good beard, the badge. Hey? All right, the Titans are up against the Dragons. The Dragons, do you know what? I, I feel sorry for Paul McGregor because they win a game, they finally win a mm. game, and then the first thing in the paper is, oh, Paul McGregor can't pick the side. Or Paul McGregor's not. They've taken the power away from Paul McGregor. Just let him coach. Just shit media, man. They, they can't won't be fucking positive, mate. It's not a positive... People won't read that. It's all clickbait. People won't read it if it's a positive, nice story about Mary or anything about the game or anything rugby league. It has to be negative. So Fox Sports, Channel 9, fucking Telegraph, everything, their headline is negative and clickbait. And then we and then you click on it and it's like actually not a bad story. Mm. You know what I mean? That's how they get you. It's fucking dumb. I reckon, do you know what? The Titans haven't been bad. Yeah. I don't, I, that, that's actually. I feel, so, I feel sorry for some players in that team, man. Like, Fort Awake is a young kid, 20 years old. I think it's his third year in first grade. Young Tongan kid who's playing fucking near 70 to 80 minutes a game in the middle. I mean, you put him in the Roosters team or anything like that, he's going to be a star. So I always look at that team and go, could any of those players be, just say, in the Roosters team? Would you pick one player from the Titans? that could start in the Roosters team? Maybe Jai Arrow. Yeah. And um, maybe he'd be on the bench. But he'd probably be on the bench because yeah. look, look at what he's got in front of him. Do you know what I mean? So, so I always try and look at teams and go, damn, who would I pick in my team? Who would, like, no, none of them. Like, no, I mean, Jai Arrow is a good footballer. He's a standout in an average team. Yeah. That's what he is. Like, it'll be, it'll be, all right. and, and, and then everyone judges him on origin. Origins are different. He's made for origin. He's fit. He's strong. He's tough. He'll he's keep built going. for origin. Yeah. He'll keep going. But put him in the, put him at South next year. He's going to have to play front row. Well, they've just signed uh, Corey Thompson from the West Tigers. Yeah, which is a good buy. Which is not a bad pickup. Well, where are you going to play him? Fullback. Well, who's been the who's been their fullback now? Oh, they've been semi, Sammy like semi? yeah. I mean, he's, yeah. Match. I don't know, man. I think it's that sort of team where you can just like, you, you bring anyone from any other team. I look at a lot of players. I look at a lot of teams where you pick their top seventeen. I'm looking at I'm looking at 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. There's a lot of those guys that can be easily starting players at the Titans. Yeah. So that's not a that's not a good thing for the Titans. If I'm saying that. Yeah. And Holbrook's if you can't make Parramatta seventeen or a Rooster seventeen, but you can make the Titans run on spot. Yeah, you can't polish a turd. Well, the Tigers are actually playing against the Cowboys. The Cowboys stink. Yeah, this is a rivalry game. Back to 2005, it'll be... Oh, the grand final. Yeah, the grand final replay. The, the Cowboys are still filthy. Tigers are still cocky when they still when they play the when they play the Cowboys. Um, I think I think the Tigers played some good football last week. How long before they start saying Paul Green can't coach? I mean, it can't be that We've been long, saying it for it? five years, haven't we? You hate him. Not hating, that's him. no. But it's you a very don't strong think word, are you? No, well, he's not a player manager. I, look, <laughs> I, I think I, he used to be. I think he wants to be. <laughs> well, he's, if he keeps going, at least he'll need to find a job. Well, there's, it's, it's a big. It's it's big. I mean, look at look at the talent the talent that he's got up at North Queensland. Yeah, that's that pack. Can you not get him firing a little bit? 
Josh Jordan McLean. Jordan, well. Jordan McLean's out again, which mm. I feel sorry for him. He can't really get a break. Um, I mean, their back row, like Gavin Cooper's getting older. You know, they've got some good young players in there, but they miss Morgan. Yeah, he's their chief playmaker. He's been when he was playing. Uh, JT was on on his uh, on his last legs up there. He fucking was murdering it. He was killing it. Do you know what I mean? Like it was just. He's been waiting to take the reins for that team, and he has, and now he can't. He can't. Um, he can't get out of the injury squad. So, yeah, it'll be it'll be a tough game. It'll be hard, but I think the, I think the Tigers might might get the nod there because they're just playing better football and they look bigger and stronger. It's one thing I've seen about the, the Roosters and the Bulldogs, man. It's like it looked like a fucking Origin team was playing an under under nineteens team. Like, no. who, like I don't know who physically like what. Everyone does their own, like everyone's got their own SSC, all these, all these things, all these trainers and that. Like, why are you getting ragdolled from fucking 20 meters in? Like, they just dragged Meanie up and went, fucking get out. Like, dick, like, I don't understand that. It's like, it wasn't like 2000 when Gordon Tallis ragdolled Brett Hodgson illegally, pretty much. Like, that would be illegal right now. Yeah. Because he just kept going. Because he hurt and his he, feelings. Yeah, but like, but you you get you get a guy like Joe Morrison, like I think it was uh, Manu or something. He's picked you up. Like, get the fuck out. It's embarrassing, man. Well, that's probably why Meany's on the wing now or out of the team. Yeah, I forget which. So, well, the Roosters. You mentioned the Roosters. They're up against the Eels. Mm. Right that's the game of the round. Yeah, obviously, well, first I, versus whatever East are, but they should be first. Uh, I know you are pretty one keen to twelve on the Eels. with power. You're pretty keen on the Eels. I, I think. just think it's one of those games where they're going to dig their heels in and prove to everybody what they're made of. That's only that's the only reason. I well, think here's, here's, a, wise, here's a prediction: if the Eels win this game, one to twelve, they'll go nowhere in the comp because they'll start to believe the hype. Good. So I'm glad. I think I'm happy they, for that. If they win, I think they need a loss. I think they need to come back down to earth. Mm. They need to reset. I know Joey's out there doing a lot of good work with the halves. Yeah. Apparently, they've got to do it behind. Yeah, he's behind. You haven't seen it. You haven't seen the footage. Oh, is Joey, the footage? The eighth, there? Yeah, he's, he's behind. <laughs> he's behind like a fucking fence trying to tell Moses how to pass. It's ridiculous. Yeah, his ADHD will kick in. And he walks straight across the road. Um, I, I think. Um, I think. I just think it's one of those games where Parra will sort of go. All right, we'll draw the line in the sand. People won't start looking at us like, you know, like everyone thinks. Like, oh, they'll choke. They'll do this. They'll do that. They'll do Parramatta things and all that kind of stuff. That whole stigma's got to go. And I think this will be the game where people go, all right, they're the real deal. they got a good forward pack. Really good side. Cam- Campbell Gillard and, and Junior Paulo. Fuck hell. Did you see him hit oh, that bloke? <laughs> how big is he? Why run into him? I'll go no into Can him. you not run it? Like if you're if you're a middle – I mean, if you're a back coming through, the, coming through the middle trying to get one of these guys lazy, it doesn't happen anymore. He must have not seen him. He didn't see him. He ran into yeah. his shoulder and he hit him on the other. He should have been on his other side of his shoulder. Yeah. He hit him on the – oh, man, he couldn't have buried him any harder. Yeah, be careful in the middle. Please don't. If you're, if you're a kid, baller. if you're not Tedesco or Ponga or Trebojevic, man, steer clear because the big boys are fit and they can move. Speaking of being fit and moving, another good game, mm-hmm. the Raiders versus Manly. Yeah. Man, do you know what? Manly had no right to win last week. They yeah. really did not. But, And I'll tell you what, the bloke who took all your money at Manly, Daily Cherry Evans, he genuinely stood up towards the end of the game because his mm. first half was dreadful. Yeah, the start was awful. I mean, they had some players out of position. They had um, Curtis Sirenen, who has holds a lot of energy with that team, man. Like he, he holds that right side with Cherry Evans. He does a lot of good things defensively. And they had that Waddell. They, Waddell come in. I Big think he, he's, a, 
He is a front rower. You can't have front rowers who don't know what they're doing on a right edge, which no. is the most important position in the game. You have to you have to get all your middles around. You have to you have to get your your, your backs, your your seven and that outside you, spacings, everything like so important. And he he did his best. He did his best, but like Curtis Siren is a proper boss on that edge. He, yeah, he is. is, and he hits holes really good. He's really aggressive in defense. So they're going, I'm not sure how long he's out for. And then Aiden Fanua Blake, who played off the bench, I'm not sure whether it was a punishment from what happened last the last week or something like that. But he come off the bench, ran over 200 meters, was an absolute beast. He changed that whole game. 100% he changed he the whole game. One person in the middle changed the whole game, changed the whole energy in the in the middle of the field, was hitting blokes. His running game was outstanding, offloads, defense, every everything. It was like 10 out of 10. So it'll be hard for him. I think um, – I'm not sure. Canberra's really good. Canberra's good. They've got that grit. They're gritty. Do you know what I mean? Like, I like that George Williams too. He's a good footballer. Yeah, but they're really gritty. Like Remember like Canberra was one of those teams where it would be like 36 to 32. And you'd you'd end up beating them, you know what I mean? You would end up beating them on on the you know in the last ten or you know ten minutes or anything. Now they're not; they're grinding games out. They don't care if it's sixteen or for fucking twenty thirty minutes. And they've got and an angry they'll, redhead. They'll get you. Yeah, no, yeah, he's been. He was out he's last good. week. The horse bro. Once but they missed, they've been missing back, him. You need but an angry Joseph redhead. Joseph Tapine, he's he's been absolutely killing them for him. I think his uh, Russell Packer hit him real. Fucking, did you see that? Yeah, but Russell's, it was nice. Russell's having but, a couple yeah, of weeks I think off. it'll be it'll be interesting. The game that uh, no one other than hardcore supporters mm. will care about is Cronulla playing against the Bulldogs. Yeah, I don't really. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. The Bulldogs. Really this, this. I mean, it's. I don't want to personally bag any of the boys because they're they're out there trying their hardest. But I wonder what sort of game plan they're going to. They're going to the middle of the field for a two pass to Adam Elliott, and with uh, that Lewis around the back to an early ball. To a fucking kid who's played two games. Avarello. That's your game plan in good ball. That's your game plan. Fucking stinks. <laughs> Seriously. Like, if you're if you like, uh, I think it was Brett Morris or Josh Morris or, or Manu, defend, they're just fucking ragdolling these young kids, man. Mm. He's not ready for that smoke. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can't do that. that. They did that every time they got in good ball. It was like a long ball to Elliot. It was like about 10 metres. Elliot... Then you lead, then your back rower out the back to Lewis, who just give an early ball to a kid that you think it was fucking Willie Tonga in his prime, or Mark Gaznia. You know what I mean? Like a freaky center who wants early ball. Gi, you do that to Gi. Yeah. You don't give a kid who's played two fucking games early ball in 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 the in the good against zone. Against the best defense. You do not do that right. against yeah. one of the best defensive teams. I'm like. And it wasn't like it happened once. It happened fucking 10 times. That's what I was like. Is this the game plan? Or is this, is this Lewis's game plan? You know what I mean? Like, hit a front. You cannot beat the Roosters. We're so, so sound in defense and they're really aggressive and everything like that. You got to go through them. You got to go through a team like that. You cannot go around them. I'll ragdoll you out from 20 meters in. Oh, I don't know. Canterbury don't have the Fords to go through the Roosters. All right. Well, let's go oh, they through. They don't. They don't. They don't. But you got to hit them on edges against like guys like Flan- uh, Flanagan and Kiri. Get yeah. at those guys inside shoulders. You're not going to go through their pack. No. And a lot of people understand that. You're going to go run at Takayaho and, and Friend and. Uh, Hargraves and all these guys like Victor Radley will fucking snap you in half, but you can hit the edges yeah. and put some good plays on any. I don't care what sort of great defensive side you are. If you put those plays on and execute them, you'll score against anyone or you'll make some inroads. 
Speaking of scoring, I hope no one's actually taking note of what our tips are and where we're up to because it's been pretty average. But we're going to go through now Newcastle versus Brisbane. Newcastle. South versus Warriors. South. Panthers versus Storm. Storm. Titans, Dragons. Dragons. Tigers, Cowboys. Tigers. Easts versus Para. Fucking Eels. Raiders versus Manly. Ah, Raiders. And Sharks versus Dogs. Sharks. All right. So I'm going Newcastle, Souths, Storm, Dragons, Tigers, Roosters, Raiders, and Sharks. Pretty much the same. It's exactly the same? Is that exactly the same? No. There's one off. No, he went the Eels. Do you know what that was? That was our producer. Was that the producer just buttoned his little nose in? And do you know what? No one asked him at all <laughs> for what he thought, for anything to do. Do you know what? You I can't know work. Who under, George is. I can't work under these conditions. Pricks from Melbourne. God, had enough. I'm done. Well, I've been thinking about travel to games, and I've been thinking mm. about how Ricky Stewart just said that he would actually rather his team would rather get a bus to the ground than have to go through, you know, domestic yeah. airports and that sort of thing. The good old-fashioned bus trip to footy games, I mean, it's it's a real – I think a bus trip home from footy games yeah. is the best. Well, mate, tell me. Well, I think – What's uh, the best R- bus Ricky trip? Ricky loves the bus trip because he don't mind a couple of couple of beers. I've been on some bus trips with him from Canberra as well. So he's old school. He, he loves his players getting together. He's all about that camaraderie, team building, all that kind of stuff. So I love where Ricky's coming from because that's not lost on the game. But I'll tell you one story. I think it was like 2002. So this is a bus. The typical trip to Newcastle is always, if you're a Sydney club, is always one of the best trips. And if you're a Newcastle or Canberra, it's always one of the best trips. You've got to get that W butt. You've got to get a win because it could be the longest trip home. I mean, like coming back from Canberra, I've had our ass kicked and all we've won. And same as Newcastle, either ass kicked or we've won. So 2002 was a great year for the Bulldogs. I think it was our 16th game we were going to win on the road. I mean, in a row. So it was massive for us. So going to Newcastle, Andrew Johns, Danny Badiris, Matt Gidley, all these superstar players. We had a really good team ourselves. Uh, we go up there and well, I think we're like down 18-0. It was pretty much, yeah, I think it was 18-0 in, in the first half. Like, fuck, it was like 28,000 in Newcastle, typical Sunday, just getting absolutely belted by Newcastle. Joey John's putting an absolute clinic on us. We ended up coming back in the second half, um, end up scoring within the minute, full-time. So uh, the general scores in the corner, Hazamel Mazu has to kick, kick the goal to win. It's 18 all. Don't fucking ju- don't quote me on that score. I'm pretty sure it was that. No, all, iconic, iconic scenes that was. Yeah, but like we were just sitting there, so the buzzer's gone. It was it was a beautiful day. It was it, everything was happening. It was like Hazem's got this goal. It was like, and it was right to left, and he was a right footer, so it was his bad side. But like at that time, Hazem's only been kicking for a year. He ended up finishing. He probably, I reckon, the greatest goal kicker of all time. Um, but we're like shit, you know. Like he's he's only he's sort of new to this game. He hasn't really kicked that many, um, you know, buzzer beaters or anything like that. So we even at that. So the whole stage is set. So even through the game, this is an old school sort of thing where we had the whole like reserve grade sitting on our bench. You know what I mean? All sinking like you know fucking 
tinnies of VB or whatever, <laughs> whatever was sponsored. Plus. I think like Re- like Rennie Mature and all these like great players who end up being great players. Only young, about like nineteen at that time. But they can they can tell you some great stories. And they, they remember they were sitting there at that time. And I remember that, that whole thing. It was just a great day. End up scoring the try in the corner. And then, bang, kicks that goal. And everyone just goes absolutely ballistic, like mental. And it was just a great, great vibe. We are in the sheds. And like Nigel Vungano, who was like a senior player at that time, I was only 21. And he was, you know, he was just like the old school sort of Polynesian brother, you know. Like everyone sort of wanted to hang around. It was always fun. Anyway. Beers are flowing straight away. This is before you had to come off and drink Powerades and, and protein shakes and get your weight up. It was fucking done. See you later. Kick it out. Where's the beers? Having beers in the shower, all this kind of stuff, drinking, all this kind of uh, – get on the bus. Probably a three-hour trip. And we always used to stop at Pimble Hotel as well on the way back when we got into Sydney anyway. So we were drinking that whole time pretty much from as soon as the bell went, what, 530 and then got on the bus. We probably had like probably eight to ten beers like after the game. And then got in, you know, did the whole crowd thing and signed autographs and all that sort of shit. Got on the bus, said hello to the family. Um, got on the bus and then drove back down to Sydney. And it was just, it was ridiculous. It was good vibes. Music was playing, everything. It was just like mental. But I'm not even talking about that bus trip. It's just what continued on from that. So it was a massive news in the game. It was like 16, uh, 16 in a row, all this sort of shit. So we get off, we get off the bus, and we're fucking. It was get, got mobbed at Pimble. Got what back about on the your bus. bladder on the bus? That was oh, always mate, a thing. The, the, There's I think one the little cubicle over, at the back. It, it flooded. You I remember would've. it was disgusting. Yeah, it was fucking disgusting. Those bus trips. Yeah, with the, the bus trips are awful. That dirty fucking smell. Everyone's up the back. Obviously, it's just like oh, it was a great memory. But when you think about it now, it's awful. One bloke always has to have a shit too. No, you couldn't shit on piss. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so we we have a great night. I think we get home. I reckon five or six o'clock in the no later. So actually, I was there with a couple of players in the Empire Hotel at Kings Cross. We were running. I'm not even going to name names. Ring a, uh, a player up, going, "All right, we're at the Empire. We need four, five sets of training gear. Come pick us up. We'll go straight from there to medical." Oh. <laughs> this makes me cringe when I think about it. I don't know. So I'm a twenty. I'm a twenty-one, twenty-two-year-old. Thinking, okay, well, just roll with these old school motherfuckers, you know? Who cares? They're, 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 they're the senior players. This is where I got introduced to people. Anyway, so they're the, they're the senior players. Like, all right, so our mate comes, picks us up. We get in the car, get changed, go go to the medical. And they're like, just, you know, just chill out, all this sort of shit. You know, don't don't breathe too heavy, don't talk too much. So I'm thinking, yeah, it's... um. It's over now. Like, we've got the medical, got, you know, survived it, nothing like that. It was... It was all good. And they go, all right, well, we're going back to my house. I was like, what do you, what do you mean? Like, no, we're going to keep, keep drinking. I was Kick like, goes. God damn, I'm done. I was done. I was seriously done. No, I was just like, oh, man. And I remember even before when we got to – so there was a media hysteria at, at the Bulldogs Club. So we drove right around the corner where um, media couldn't get to. So it was only – so this is where we got changed. And then we flew. We, we went into the back door where, where they didn't even know. So it was a shitload of media. Didn't talk to anyone. They couldn't get cameras or anything around. They'd seen us all drive in. Couldn't do shit. Anyway, so I was thinking, oh, we're going to go home and go to sleep. Be all right. No. Nah. Back to this, this guy's house. Kept drinking that whole day. Proper old school drinking, man. It was fucking ridiculous. I remember like blokes were wrestling in the backyards and just like having a good old time. It was just, it was, it was relentless. It was like a proper. 
Season's fucking what? Like right at the end of the season, sort of thing. Like pretty much priming to get into the finals. That was that was our that was our. Um, I don't know who that senior player was, but he's virtually ruined my life. But it was like there was about five. There was about five. So I was, I was the monster. youngest. I was the youngest kid there. I was like, this must be the norm. This is fucking awesome. You know what I mean? I was just thinking, oh well, you go there, you have a drink, and keep on kicking the next day. And I was like, fuck, when's this end? It ended like twelve o'clock that night. The next night, I was nearly in a body bag. I was just like, fuck these old. Man, these dudes are like probably like eight years older than me. Easily eight years old. So they're nearly they're pushing fifty at the moment. So it was a great time, and that's what they introduced this old school person to now. We're forty now. You need to stop. I know. No, I'm done. Please. <laughs> In excellent news for the Gold Coast Titans. Cardboard cutouts are no longer the only crowd members they're going to have. They've got 2,000 coming in this week, Will. But apparently they ask, like, can they actually keep them to get their, to get them up, to get their, uh, their crowds up? They've got six blokes and 1,900 cardboard cutouts <laughs> I don't think still. it's going to phase them. I mean, I think Queensland Premier has been a bit of a hard ass, but, um, you know, each to their own. Yeah, 2,000 people. I don't think, it's really, I think it's really going to bother anyone at um, – whatever that stadium's called. It's a great stadium. It's a shame that they're going so shit and their crowds just don't turn up. Because I, I remember like playing their, I think it was 08, 9 and 10 when they were Final Four side. Made some, it was a great play, great place to play. It was like probably like maybe 20, 21,000 there. It was great. I mean, they had some good players there, but it's a shame because that stadium is like a mini Suncorp. Do you reckon now with – I mean, they're starting to – Volandis is aiming for full crowds and all this, and he'll mm. probably get it because he's, you know, St. Volandis. But do you reckon if they have the crowd there, are they going to make them sit heaps far weird. apart? Like is there going to be socially distancing the crowd? Are they going to have them yeah. all around the stadium? It's I'm not look, sure. It's going to be weird. Maybe it goes I mean, person, cardboard cutout. Person, cardboard, cardboard, cardboard maybe cardboard, maybe they'll do around. that. Yeah, they could probably do that. I don't think the whole enjoyment of the football is, is an experience, isn't it? You know, you sit in the crowd and you sit next to your mate and all this kind of stuff. Imagine that if they have to do that. Imagine having a chat. To well, imagine like just say origin, game. just say origin. I'm not sure what's going to happen in November. Hopefully, everything has loosened right off and we can jam pack all these stadiums. But imagine if it was some sort of rule like it was like 20 square meters. And then there's space. And it's just cardboard, cardboard cutouts. Cut out. It's just, I think mean, that probably will happen, but I'm not sure, man. I mean, the players, I think, to be a, to, just to put my to put my playing boots on right now, I think, I think they're dealing with it all right, the players. It's not really bothering how they're really performing at the moment. They're coming out and they're just setting the, the whole game on fire. Like some of these players, like the Roosters on a Monday night, I would have thought that would have been a down game. Yeah. Like just say like talent wise, not talent wise, but just like the level. I'm like, wow! Like the Roosters just put on a clinic, and I was like in front of no one. So then I don't think the, the players are phased about the crowds at all. I think maybe the initial running out, like oh my god, this sucks, you know. But but once the contact starts, bang! But I think it'll it'll we'll slowly start building the crowds, building the crowds. Hopefully the it gets loosened off and we can pack the stadiums. But I mean, if you put ten thousand into Suncorp, you put ten thousand into you know, into um, yeah, it's, it's not really going to matter, man. Like yeah. they've got that noise there, and that's all you can hear in the game anyway. I mean, when I, I'm just speaking as a forward as well, all you hear is the, the, those other players and your teammates. Unless it's Origin, where you can't hear shit, and that's only at Suncorp. You know, so there's, there's only different stages where those crowds are really crazy. So I'm not sure. I mean, as a, as a spectacle and as a as a 
a person going to the game. Would I want to go to a game? Not really at the moment, but I don't know. It's just something to work to, I suppose. Do you know what? If someone gave us two tickets to a Titans game, I would Damn. pay the 22 bucks like, and get yeah. a cardboard cutout like, with of all us the rules, like, With all the rules instead. at the moment, would you want to go to a game? No. Do you know what I mean? Not like, a I, don't think it's that, I don't think it's that sort of time now. It's like, oh, man, let's go, to, let's go to a Roosters game. Let's go to a Parramatta game. You just sit in a box and there's all these fucking rules. I think it sucks. I mean, it's great that you know they can bring all their corporates and sponsors and everything like that. But as a player, just thinking, no, who gives a shit? Where are I? Do you see those blokes at the St. George game with the signs up holding in the car park? No, what they say? No, they just had the side. They just didn't want to get in. They, had to, they were climbing <laughs> up the back. They were just genuine St. George yeah, supporters. Yeah, man. I mean, there's hardcore supporters out there. They just they just want to be in the games. They yeah. they love it. You know, like the the South Sydney, the borough. You know, the half of those blokes. They those people just want to be in there. They just love South Sydney, the bulldog, the bulldog army, all these sort of things. They every and every team has that. I think everyone's just gotten a little bit content, to be honest. I would 100% rather be a cardboard cutout than sit in the bar. Yeah. <laughs> I think as a society, really, do you reckon everybody's gotten a little bit content? I was thinking, I trained at Elab the other day, and he reckons he's down by about 300 people a week. And it's only because I reckon in the last sort of nine weeks, people have just gotten really content and not doing shit. They've gotten real lazy again. They're going, oh, this, is, this isolation is not too bad. I think, I think people need to get out of there comfort zone at the moment because it takes what 21 days of build to have it you've been sitting on your ass for like a couple of months it's a bit disappointing the way you're looking at me you're suggesting i'm fat that's what it is no. fat shame. <laughs> i'm just saying a lot of people i mean you've been doing a little bit of training yourself I a, mean, lot, like, a lot, lot of, of training a lot of people aren't showing up to their gyms because they're just used to sitting on their ass at the moment and they're getting compensated from the government or any or something like that or they're just used to hanging at home now they've created fucking bad habits Get off your ass and get back into what you're doing before. It's just, a, I mean, it's a fine line. You got to go. All right. Well, family time is very important, and family time is, I think, it's the most important. But your, you know, your health and everything like that, and just being active is more important as well. So going to a Titans game is a bad habit. <laughs> Don't ever go. What I have decided is that we're not very good at tipping. So we're going to leave that till the very mm. end. Well, we get it on the weekend. I've got five. Oh, I've got five? No, I don't know. I don't know. You've sure got one five. more than me because yeah, I think five. I tipped the Panthers. Yep. I'm off them again. <laughs> this week, there's some pretty good games, to be honest. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, the first game of the weekend is Newcastle versus Brisbane. I don't know if that's a good game. Is that a good no, game? That'd be a great game. I think uh, Tavita Pangai Jr. is back. He's a Newcastle boy, so he'll be out to prove something wrong. I thought the Broncos were better last week. If Darius Boyd scores that try, it's 24-0 and it's game over. Yeah. I honestly think that. And and I, I know mentally as a player, if that got disallowed, 18-0, yeah, still three tries, and they scored next. And you could sort of see the writing on the wall. So I don't know. I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna back. I think Newcastle. I think Newcastle should win now. Obviously, we do our tips at the end. But, like, the Broncos, they, they're all right. But – It'd be hard. It'd be hard to coach these guys. He's copping so much shit. They, those young kids come out last week, played their hearts out. I'm not sure how mentally strong they are. So uh, I, I know the Knights. If they had their time again, they would be a lot better on their completions. You can't beat Melbourne like that. Melbourne had not completions, possession. Possession is what is what's ruling the game at the moment. If you have more, if you have more possession than this other team, it usually it usually usually sways a lot. But now with these the six to go. Is causing a lot of dramas with them, especially the middles. So everybody wants fatigue in the game in the last what ten or twelve years. It's like okay, we'll lower it down from twelve interchanges to ten. 
to eight. And they're still playing 60 to 70 minutes, 80 minutes because everybody evolves and adapts. They're so fit. You know what I mean? And they go, oh, we need the Polynesian boys to, to really come under some pressure, like fatigue-wise, like just the Taumalolos and Fafitas and all these sort of guys, Takayahos. Uh, they're giving you 70 minutes. So it's hard to really to get to it, to go against these big boys and get, get them with fatigue regardless, you know what mm. I mean? Like these guys, they're just adapting and they're evolving with the game. So what they've done now, the one ref, the ruck's a lot quicker. Everybody's piling through the ruck. And now, you know, it's and it becomes a possession game. So like with Melbourne against, who they play last week? Melbourne nice. against the Knights, yeah. So they had like 70, 70% of possession. And they've got Clemens, Saifidi, and some big boys in the middle that can control the middle, but it's just taken, it takes its toll. And it might get you five minutes before half time, or maybe 10 minutes before half time, or maybe 10 minutes, you know, into the game. Like, re- regardless, you know what I mean? It's, it's going to get you somewhere. If you've got possession for 10 minutes, it's going to get you somewhere. And, and that's what happens with teams now. And that's where, if you look at possessions in teams, you can pretty much go off that who's going to win the game. If it's a 60-40 game, if it's a 70-30 in the first half, or if it evens back up, the game evens back up. It's so important now. If you're, if you're, if you're a fan of the game and you know, what you're, you know what you're looking at, you'd go, holy shit, yeah, you're right. One thing I think that's interesting is Seabold, who's a dick, has been <laughs> copying a fair bit of criticism about the baby Broncos and that sort of thing. So Isaac Luke's a terrific footballer, there's mm. no question. He's 426 years old. So he's raised the average age of that baby Broncos side by a considerable amount. What Do you think they're lacking leadership? Is that – Well, who's their captain? I can't even name their captain. Patrick Carrigan. Yeah, see. And he's 21, 22. He's 20, like how many – I mean, you should be at least 100 games deep before you even think about putting that kid as captain, mm. let alone 20 games. He's going to be a future origin player, maybe, future kangaroo, maybe, but we don't know that. He obviously shows really good signs of leadership and everything at their training, but um, I don't, I'm don't. i not sure where, where to go from that. That really shocked me. Like When I seen Carrigan as a captain, I look at Darius Boyd play with 300 games. I don't think Darius Boyd's going to listen to him. You know what I mean? Like I just think, you know, everyone has their egos and leadership skills and he's been captain of that club, but he's put Darius Boyd in the cupboard. Is like, he still a vegan there. now, Darius? Has he moved no, on? No, he's over that. that. He's, he's back eating chomping meat. But I think, yeah, the Broncos is an anomaly for me. I'm like, yeah, they've got a lot of talent. They're missing David Fafita. They've still got Payne Haas. They're playing, they're playing Payne Haas football, aren't they? Just yeah. give the ball to the big guy. Yeah. And he's just destroying teams. He is. He can. He nearly won him for the, won the game for him last he's a freak. week. He's a freakish talent, and I just I just hope to God that they treat him right and stop playing him eighty minutes every game. I mean, I know that I know that they I know that he can do that, but fuck me, definitely play him eighty minutes because he's in my super coach team. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to everyone who has been tuning in, especially our massive fans in Paraguay and Turkey. We really enjoy South America. We're, we're killing it. What have you done? Well, European. Yeah, I'm right. big all over the world. You can't. You cannot understand how popular yeah, I am. I can understand in developing countries. I would just like to thank everyone who's listening. You have been terrific to us. We would like you to continue rating and reviewing uh, on iTunes, on Spotify, on all of the major podcast channels. We love doing this, and you rating and reviewing helps us to do so. Yeah. Yep. That's it. Yep. That's it. Thanks, Jim. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Following Willie Moore and Moore. Back in the NRL. Is Willie Mason. I've forgotten how big Willie actually is. 
Perhaps the presence of Willie and the Panthers looking at his imposing frame. I'm a 25 minute man. Fuck. Oh, you got skills, son. Uppercut right hand by Big Willie. Two chances for you. You've been listening to The Take with Willie Mason and co-host Ian Byrne. Produced by Craig Trewick, recorded and engineered by Zig Parker of Green Room Sydney, and presented by the Handshake Media Network. 